This is the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. I want to tell you guys about something. So growing up, uh, my family, we weren't poor, um, but I was one of six kids, so there wasn't a whole lot of, like, room for, like, money to just be thrown around. And so I want to take you back to a really long time ago. Uh, it was Christmas. Don't remember the year. Um, but one of the huge presents that we got that year was an Xbox. It was the original Xbox. So... That dates me a little bit. Some of you can figure out around how old I am from that. Um, But we got the original Xbox. Now, that was, like I said, a huge deal. We didn't have a whole lot of money to throw around. My dad worked two jobs. And that, ooh, the Xbox. It was a family present. It wasn't like mine. It was like for the whole family. So our whole family got an Xbox. It was just, ooh. I just remembering it, guys, I get all excited. Um, But... We got the Xbox, and now those of you who have, you know, bought a game system before know it doesn't really come with that many games. You get, like, one, maybe two games that are just, you know, like, trash-tier games. And so we had those. Um, But then, day after Christmas, so I go up to my dad, and I'm like, hey, Dad, is there any way we could get a Lord of the Rings game for the Xbox? And so I'm going to remind you again, there wasn't a whole lot of money to throw around, so, like, I wasn't expecting anything huge to come of it. So, like, my dad, he's like, okay, well, let me think about it, and I'll let you know. And so, like, I go throughout my day, and we're, like, fiddle-farting around with our other presents, and then, like, my dad went off to go do something. I don't know what he was doing, but he went off to go do something, and so then he, when he gets back, I'm like, I'm just going to ask him again. So I go up to him, like, hey, Dad, so, like, did you get a chance to think about us getting a Lord of the Rings game? And he was like, oh, you mean this one? And he pulls it out of a bag, and so, like, at that point, I'm just floored. Like, not only did I ask for it that day, I got it. And so, like, I'm freaking out, like, because I figured, you know, maybe, like, three months from now we'll get one. No. So this, this story, like, illustrates this great point about my dad where he has this, like, he had, he still has this, like, deep love for all of his kids to where he wants to take care of us, but he wants to do more than that. He wants to, like, make sure we have just about anything we want. And so it's just this great story about my dad, but I'm going to hard break. Okay. Remember the story. It'll come into play later. Uh, so as you know, uh, I started us off in the series, Adam and Betsy talked about it. We're going through the miracles in the book of John. So up next we have, and I'm sure plenty of you have heard about it. It's kind of a famous one. We have the feeding of the 5,000. So I want to, Fun little, fun little piece of Bible trivia for you guys. This is the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels. So I just thought that was, I just thought that was interesting because I'm, I'm a Bible nerd. Hence why I have this job. So um, I'm going to dive into it. Okay, so for those of you who remember last time I spoke, I kind of talked about it where I, when I read a piece of scripture, I like to go through it and I like to ask questions as I move through it. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to take this uh, story, we're going to divide it up piece by piece, and we're going to 
ask questions as we go. So I'm going to dive right into it. So we're going to start off in uh, John 6. We're going to start off with verses 1 through 4. Okay, and that says, After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover. All right. So these first four verses, it's like, my, my immediate question is, why are they here? Why did God inspire John, the one, the guy who wrote this book, why did he inspire John to put that in there? All right. And the big thing is, it sets the scene for what's going to happen. So we pull out a few major things. Passover is approaching. It's one of the Jewish holidays. It goes back to the time of Moses when, uh, <clears throat> when, they, when God called the Israelites out of Egypt. So it's this Jewish holiday, and it's approaching. Now, the major thing to know about this is a lot of the Jewish people, what would happen is they would go to Jerusalem. So, it was this, so Jesus, this huge Jewish leader, uh, it was assumed by pretty much everyone he was going to go to Jerusalem. So he's clearly not there now. And so people are following him around because they felt this pressing need of like, oh, he's not going to be around here for much longer. He's going to go to Jerusalem. Like, say you were sick. You had a family member who was sick. You needed some sort of miracle performed. There was this pressing need of like, okay, we need to talk to Jesus now. So there was this bigger crowd following him. Um, Now, these people following him, they were more than likely just lower class people. They didn't have a whole lot of money to throw around, which was another reason they were following him. They couldn't pay for like this medical stuff that they might need. So it was like, okay, Jesus is healing people. It's miraculous. He's just doing it. So let's, let's get it done. All right. So now we're going to dive into verses five through seven. This is where we start to see more about the miracle. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. So uh, going back to small groups, last week, one of my guys, he, he had this like great insight into uh, the miracle that Adam talked about last week. And it was, it was Jesus's love for um, the man he healed. And so, Logan, I, I appreciate you, dude. <laughs> um, but he, it, it, Logan pointed it out, and like the more I think about it, the more I see it worked through all of these miracles. There was this love that Jesus has for his people. And so Jesus is like, okay, we've got a bunch of people following us. What can we, we're going to feed them. Because Jesus, he sees us as his children. He's like, okay, you're my children. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. So Jesus' actions are motivated by love. And so I want you guys to think back. My dad, all right, he loved his kids so much when I asked him, and I can guarantee you finances were already stretched so thin with getting that Xbox. One of his kids came up and said, can we get another game? My dad was like, I'm just going to go get it. Like, I'll work the extra hours. I don't care. I'm just going to go get it. And so Jesus is the same way. He's like, my children, I could easily send them away they could go get food. They'd be fine. But no, he says, you know what? We're going to feed them. So he asks Philip where to buy bread. All right. This is also an important part. He's like, okay, I love my children enough that I'm going to feed them. 
but you know what else I'm going to do? I've got these 12 guys following me around. I'm going to teach them something. And so he asked Philip, where do we buy bread? I, going back to my questions, it's like, why did he ask Philip? And it's just one of those questions that I have that I don't know that we're going to have the answer to this side of heaven. So like, who knows? Maybe Philip was literally the closest one standing to him. Maybe in Jesus in his, you know, all-knowing way was like, uh, Philip needs a refresher. Let's ask him. So he asked Philip, where do we buy bread? Philip replied, you know, that would cost so much money. <laughs> we don't have that amount of money. So in some translations, they, like, they actually point out how much Philip said it would cost. And Philip says it is 200 denarii. How many of you have 200 denarii sitting around? You're lying. Um, So I'm going to put it in perspective. I did that on purpose. I was testing you guys. You all failed. So 200 denarii. You're like, okay, that makes no sense. Well, that's ancient uh, Greco-Roman currency. I don't know what that is. So here it is. One denarius, which is the singular of denarii, uh, one denarius was about a day's wage for a common laborer. So if a common laborer worked for 200 days, they wouldn't have enough to feed these people. This is what Philip's pointing out. It's like, hey, you got like 5,000 men here. All right, that's not including women, children, whoever. We ain't got that kind of dough rolling around. Some of you get that. All right, so. (laughs) So, all right, we've established like we know what's going on. We know that the crowd following Jesus, they felt this pressure to like get things done. We know that Jesus saw a chance to not only love people he saw as his children, he saw a chance to teach the people who were closest to him, his 12 disciples. He saw a chance to teach them. So we're going to dive into verses 8 and 9. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Okay, Andrew steps in. He's like, okay, uh, we've got five loaves, two fish. If that's what you're looking for, Jesus... Now, Andrew brought it up. He's not the one I want to focus in on, though. I want to focus in on the boy. All right? The boy, I don't know what brought him to Andrew's attention. I'm assuming it's something he likely overheard the conversation going on between Jesus, Philip, and his disciples. And he was like, hey, guys, I've got some food. And so he knew he didn't have a whole lot, but he offered it up anyway. So, remember this. A child saw saw a need. He saw Jesus. He's like, okay, here, I don't have a whole lot. I'm going to offer it to you. All right? Now, here's another important thing. Andrew, the disciple, the guy who had been following Jesus for, you know, months now, is like, it's five loaves and two fish. You're not going to be able to do anything with this. That's going to feed like us. That's not going to do anything. And so Jesus... In classic Jesus fashion, and I love him so much for this, is like, okay, Andrew, bet. All right, so verses 10 and 11 say, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. So like I said, there were 5,000 men. That's not including women, children, whoever else. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. So here we see Jesus. He's like, okay, 
bet, Andrew, I'm gonna do this. And so he's like, okay, tell everyone to sit down. Now, here's another important thing that I just, I, it just sticks out to me every time I read this story. Jesus, all right, one of the guys who helped create the universe gave thanks. He talks to God the Father. He's like, you know what? You've provided for me, and I'm going to thank you for it. And so from that, I have this question of, like, how often do we do that? So, like, we all do this thing where, like, I guess not all of us. Most of us do this thing where we eat family with our dinner. That's not right. Eat dinner with our family. We eat dinner with our family. And so, bring it back in. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. We we eat dinner with our family, and, you know, we kind of... We give thanks, like, you know, maybe our dad's like, you know, thank you, God, for this food. Thank you for this day. Amen. Like, I know a lot of the time that's what my family did. And so I kind of have this question of, like, how often do we genuinely step back and say, like, God, I've got clothes to wear. I've got food to eat. I've got, you know, people who love me. Thank you for that. Um, and it's, it's convicting to me every time I read this story. I'm like, I honestly can't tell you the last time I sat down with God and was like, you know what? You've provided for me in ways that I didn't even need to ask you to. So thank you. And it's, oh man, every time it gets me. And so like, that's one of the things that I'm pulling out of here is like, let's give thanks to God. So let's dive into 12 through 14. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. All right, important things to pull out of these three verses. All the people had their fill. All right, look at the beginning. We have Jesus asking Philip like, hey, where are we gonna buy bread? And Philip saying, We literally cannot do that. We move on. Andrew brings up, hey, there's a kid here with five barley loaves and two fish. It's not much. We can't do anything with it. Then we see Jesus say, okay, you two, watch this. Move on. He gives thanks. He thanks God for providing their needs. All right? Now, obviously, the people who are around him, the disciples, the crowd following him, they don't see yet how God is going to provide And now we're at the end of the story. Not only did God provide, there were 12 baskets left over, all right? Like ancient Greco-Roman baskets, you're not thinking like, you know, those small decorative baskets we have just sitting around. They were big baskets, all right? They were meant for like holding a lot of stuff. That was their storage. And so they have 12 of these huge baskets of scraps just left over. And so here's another thing, and it just, it blows my mind. Some of these, some of these people... Uh, This was probably the best meal they had had in a long time. These were common people. Who did Jesus hang around? He hung around like the lower class people. These, you know, look at our last miracle. The guy had been a paralytic for 38 years. Like he obviously wasn't high class society. These were the low people. These were the poor people. These were the people who needed help. And so not only did they have just something to eat, they had their fill. They were full. They walked away from that meal, like, full for, I don't know, some of them probably the first time in their lives. All right? This points back to the fact that Jesus, how is he motivated? What is he motivated by? He's motivated for the love. He's motivated by the love of his children. Like, 
I see my, I see my children. They have a need. I'm going to fill it. Not only am I going to fill it, I'm going to fill it to excess. All right. When God provides to us, he makes sure our needs are met and he meets them beyond what we can imagine. All right. We've read through the whole miracle. Now I like to ask the question, what are the like major ideas I can pull from this? We've already picked out a few. We've seen a few, but what are the big ones? All right. The biggest one that I see, and I, I've heard people preach about this before, and it's like, it's one that I think is blown over a little bit, is that boy. All right? That boy is just such a great example of, like, what it means to have faith in Jesus. I talked about it last time I spoke, where there's this faith. But um, a lot of people like to call it a childlike faith. All right? What does that mean? So we're going to look at uh, verse... We're going to jump to another gospel real quick because I think it's a great explanation. So we're going to look at Luke 18, verses 16 through 17. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So, Jesus tells us that this faith that believes big things, all right, believes that Jesus can take five, five loaves of bread and two fish and feed over 5,000 people with it. Jesus tells us this faith that believes big things is valuable. A faith that sees, you know, an impossible situation and does not question if God can fill it is vital to our understanding of Christ, all right? Looking like, you know, a three-year-old to their parent, like, they have a need. They don't doubt that their parents are going to be like, you know what? They don't doubt that they're going to be fed. They don't doubt that they're going to be clothed. They look at their parents and like, you're going to provide that for me. You're my dad. You're my mom. You love me. You're going to provide that. There were only five loaves and two fish, all right? Did Jesus have to do it this way? No. All right? This is another one of those big points. There are only five loaves, two fish. Did Jesus have to do it? No. But I think Jesus was illustrating a point. All right? So let's look specifically at verse 14. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. All right? They were looking. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson here. So from the time of like the last actual prophet that had shown up in the Old Testament to now was about 400 years It had been 400 years without the Israelite people hearing from God. And so they were like, this is it. This is the prophet. And not only that, there were so many different, like, uh, prophecies about the coming Messiah. And they're like, this is it. He's performing these miraculous signs. This is the guy who's come. And so the Israelite people were looking for this person who's going to save them. Now, did Jesus save them? Yes, he did, just not in the way they expected. And so he's performing these miraculous signs. And they, some of them believed. Some of them did. And so Jesus took the sign. He took a little and turned it into a miracle that blessed 5,000 people. And I want to point to this again. Like, so we've got people who believe, and they believe because Jesus saw a need and he filled it. He filled it to the excess. He filled it miraculously. All right, there's a, like I've talked about these major points. I want you guys to take them, all right? So I talked right before worship, like, there's going to be some big stuff, all right? This is one of those things I feel like is really, it's so key to our understanding of Christ, all right? There are things, 
in all of our lives right now that seem improbable or impossible. We've all got them. I know some of you, it's heavy on your hearts right now, all right? Whether it's wanting a video game or, five, or feeding 5,000 people, there's improbable to impossible things going on in our lives, all right? Now, the important question, and I asked it earlier, but this is something I want you guys to walk away with. Do you bring those to God? Do you bring those important questions to God? So, like, you've got a sick family member. Maybe you've got a friend who just is doing the wrong thing. Maybe they don't know Christ. Do you bring it to God? I know I'm still guilty of that. I've got a problem, and I immediately go into fix-it mode where, like, okay, I've got to do this, this, and this to fix it. Otherwise, like, it's not going to work out. And my immediate reaction isn't like, hey, I've got a father in heaven who literally created the universe who wants to help me. Maybe I should bring it to him first. My first thought is, okay, I'm going to fix it. So do you bring it to God first? Now, like I said, he's our father. It's important to understand the role of a father, all right? He's going to provide for our needs as he sees fit. You can trust him, all right? Like I said, creator of the universe, all-knowing, he's got it. He's going to fill your needs how he thinks is best. Why is this important? Sometimes God's going to say no or not now, all right? And it's, I'm speaking from experience, sometimes that can be heartbreaking, all right? You request something, you bring it to God, and you're just, you feel so strongly about it, and God says, you know what? No. But this important idea is that he is a loving father. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He's going to provide the best for you. All right? Think about it. You guys have some challenges right now that seem impossible. All right? You've got them in your head. Now I want you, I've got a challenge for you. I want you to think about this boy who said, I've got five loaves and two fish. Here you go. Feed 5,000 people. All right? I want you to think about that. I want you to bring that impossible thing to God today. All right? Now, I'm going to take it one step further. All right? We've got small groups Wednesday night. If you're brave enough, I want you to bring it to God today. All right? I want you to bring it to God today. And then I want you to come back on Wednesday I want you to tell your small group how it went, all right? I want you to talk about it there. Now, it may just be I brought it to God and I, have, I haven't heard anything yet. Maybe it may be I brought it to God and literally this, today he solved it, all right? That's my challenge to you. I think we can all do it, all right? So I'm going to pray for us, and I've got just a few things more, all right? So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for being the God that can achieve the impossible. Just all these miraculous signs that you, you've recorded for us to read, it's, it's awe-inspiring. And the way that you love and teach us, it's, it's a way that's unique to you. It's something only you can do. Um, I know that there's a lot of things right now weighing heavily on the hearts of these students. Um, you know what they are. And I pray that you just... Give them the courage to bring them to you. Give them the courage to say, this situation seems impossible, but you're bigger than that. And so I'm giving it to you. 
I pray that you remind us throughout the week that you're walking with us, that you're right there next to us. Um, I pray that you just give us the chance to show your love to our friends, whoever. Um, Give us a great rest of the day. Bring us back safely on Wednesday. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Greenston Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact us at gsm.thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.